Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. G-A-L-D-E-M G-A-L-D-E-M This song is good. Hello and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up with Galdem. Today we're so excited to be joined by our dear friend and journalist, um, co-author of the incredible book from 2018, Slay in Your Lane, Yomi Adegoke. Hey! <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Um, oh, pleasure. You are one of our favourite people, so we, we were... <laughs> Literally, like, 
<laughs> like literally right back at both of you. Like Aww. literally two faves, the fave sandwich. I'm loving it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, obviously we have spoken a little bit during lockdown, but I mean, how are you doing? We're kind of coming out of it now. Are you feeling good? Are you feeling like you're ready? Child, like when I say I'm so, first I'm just so tired, but I've had like the worst insomnia. So like I just never sleep. So it's just like, there's no worse feeling than being tired and actually not being able to sleep because it's just like, what are you supposed to do? So that's just been my like constant state for the past fortnight. And then it's like next week, I'm supposed to be going back into the real world and like actually doing things. I've got like a couple of things I'm actually supposed to be doing in Central. And I'm just terrified because it's just like, I feel like a zombie. I'm super tired and I don't feel, I've kind of weirdly like become, I guess, institutionalized by lockdown. I've got like a weird Stockholm syndrome where I'm like really used to um, being indoors and like literally ordering everything, like practically buying food off Amazon. Like I genuinely do not leave my house if I, unless I have to, because I'm staying with my sister and she's immunocompromised. So yeah, like I'm completely terrified by the prospect of having to like enter the real world again, but you know, <laughs> like, I have no other choice. So yeah, you know, that's not very optimistic, is it? Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's all right. I think that a lot of us can empathise. And also, I feel like you're maybe the first person I've spoken to who's actually doing stuff like work related in Central, like anytime soon. I don't have oh, anything really? like Yeah, Weirdly, I don't have anything like that. It's like the world press go because I swear like up to this point, I think I've had to go to Central once. I said that I feel like, lockdowns really made me accept that Croydon's like a completely different country because I'm like I'm, I'm like it is central. <laughs> yeah. oh my god when you came to Croydon you're like we we sat in Box Park and you're just yeah. kind of looking around oh like, it really does <laughs> what feel is like, this? it's like yeah. a different picture but yeah like I've had to go to central once before for something and now it's like every single day except Monday I think I'm I'm like going in and wow go, I literally say going in as if it's like a work like I, I see like central as like that is like job. And then it's like when I'm in Croydon, I'm just like at home, obviously. So yeah, like, I don't know what happened, but just all this week, I've just received a lot of stuff, like in terms of, okay, yeah, shops are open, life's back on, come and record shit. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't really want to, but I've got my masks at the ready and my gloves and my anti-back, so. It was quite nice. I was, I was in Central like last week and it was like nice and peaceful. I kind yeah, of felt like I was like, on a no holiday. Traffic. Yeah, because I hadn't <laughs> been to another part of, like, the country. I really want to know when we actually... I could not remember when we actually first, first met. I remember there was, I like... Remember. Do oh, you remember? I, well, I remember the, when I first met, met you, yeah. I remember it was at Channel 4. Was that Channel 4? You were filming a segment, I think. Oh, my God, this sounds familiar. And I don't remember what it was about, but it was, like, me and it was <laughs> Phoebe... <says> it, <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was me, it was Phoebe Park from yes, Receipts. Yes, it was. Oh, oh my God, um, another page. Yeah. Yeah, oh, she's I remember lovely. that. My friend Annie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we first met. Yeah. And Liv, I genuinely can't remember, but I know I was always aware of you. And then I think that flat iron, like... And I was like, I, would, I think I was like slyly shook to meet you. I was like, I think I said to Charlie, like, <laughs> oh my God, like I'm meeting no your me. Yeah, and then it was just so <laughs> nice. It was delightful, so... 
no way. No, it was it was so lovely, man. And especially because like I think Charlie, you probably know this, but like I am super like I I really am quite to like myself generally, and especially when it comes to media. Like I I like separation. So there's Croydon, there's Central, and then there's, <laughs> there's work and there's friends, and it's like in journalism, I think I'm quite like yeah I'm here to work and then I just go so I don't actually like have that many like industry fans that like really it goes beyond like double air kisses and hey and like Instagram comments but it was just so nice because like obviously I'd like you know spoken to Charlie before and like we'd like properly known each other but Liv like yeah I was like oh my god the the Liv little like (laughs) let's see what she's about and yeah it's just great that you're both just like lovely and normal because so many people in journalism just aren't they're just a bit odd aren't they yeah (laughs) there's always an agenda there's always a story behind the story no for sure but yeah we are are obviously like on a genuine level as well we use this bit as a podcast to big people up but um I've always been such a big fan of your writing and I think the first time I read it was when you wrote for Positive News which was that weird like ITN setup oh my god V-Point News oh V-Point that was Positive News is genuinely a better name yeah um but now it's, you know, it's it's just great. It's great. It's been great to see your career still with Sonia Lane, obviously, but also with your columns, always like so readable, always so yeah. on the money. So yeah, thank you so much for joining us. But I will just say that like, honestly, it's been it's been insane because I feel like I've been aware of you guys' like careers for so many years. And it's just amazing to see like, I don't know, you see potential and you're like, oh my God, this person's really sick and they're probably, probably going to be really sick. And then it's like, oh my God, you became really sick. Like, go, go, you guys. <laughs> So, Yomi, could you read us out a little bit of your extract? Okay, so I wrote this in 2013 when I was applying for um, a blogger applic. No, I wrote this in 2013 when I think I was 21 and I was applying to be a blogger for an, a platform that in- MTV had started called Sticky. Um, I think it was like a youth kind of like blogging site that was like affiliated with MTV. So this is part of my, I think like four page or three page application. So your ambitions, five things you hope to achieve in the next five years. One, to have graduated with a 2-1 in law. Two, to be in a stable job that I adore. Three, for that job to be in journalism. Four, to have gotten the publication I want to produce off the ground. Five, to have proved to my parents that journalism is a viable career choice. So this is the next part of my um, application, which is just titled Something Interesting. I just have to write like an interesting thing about myself. My name is Yomi Adegake. Yomi in Yoruba means God saved me. However, Yomi in Japanese means the underworld in which horrible creatures guard the exits. Yomi is where the dead go to dwell and rot indefinitely. Once one has eaten at the hearth of Yomi, it is impossible to return to the land of the living. It is comparable to Hades or hell. What is even cooler than that, I hear you ask? Well, it is also a term for the virtua fighter community that has spread to all fighting games, meaning knowing the mind of the opponent. It's the ability to know what your opponent is going to do and act appropriately. This is probably the coolest thing about me. Wow. That says a lot that that was the coolest thing about me at 21. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you. I thought it was fascinating. And um, when I was, when I was Google, like doing a little Google of you earlier, when I, when I searched Yomi, just Yomi, because I was like, it will just come up. <laughs> um, it, it, it came up with the Japanese um, meaning. Did it? 
Damn, I need to get to the point of success where I trump the Japanese meaning. How does it feel looking back at that moment? I kind of feel like you probably have achieved the kind of five things you set out to do. Perhaps not the publication and as you envisaged it, but you've you've created something in your lane and Galdem did that for me, man. Galdem Galdem did that ten times over. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird to like it's honestly every time um I think this is like the second time randomly like this year I've read this thing because like um, I was just doing like a massive clear out and I came across it and I actually got like nearly teary because I was just like, this is so cute. I know it's weird to think of yourself in that sense, but I was like, oh, little yummy. Because like, yeah, like at that point, um, I think, yeah, this was, oh my God, like I'd taken my year out of university and I took a year out of university because I was suffering from depression. So I remember like, um, I, I wasn't really one of those people that was like, you know, you get those kids that are like door stopping, like, I don't know, their postman and like the corner shop man because they really want to be a journalist and they're like properly like on it. I was never really like that. So I never really wanted to be a journalist. It was only when I was like 21 and like <laughs> gone through a bout of depression that I was like, you know what, maybe I want to do it. So I think looking back on it and reading it, I'm like, I think a big fear of mine was that it wouldn't be sustainable. And my my older sister's a journalist, Yemisi Adeke, she's incredible and she works at BBC Africa. But like before all that, you know, she graduated during a recession and I watched her struggle in terms of trying to make journalism a viable career. So I think that was a big anxiety I had. So reading it back and I knowing how unsure I was that I'd actually be able to do it made me a bit emotional. I was like, oh, I've definitely proved it to my parents. So yeah, like I felt, I feel like, it's cute. I feel like the very strong powers of manifestation, this list, basically. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Absolutely. And it's weird because like, I used to, I swear my life, like, I feel like I always say this about everything. Like I was doing everything before everything, but I really did before I knew what manifestation was, like believing it as a concept. I'll never forget when I was like, probably about 14, I was sat in my dad's car and he was playing like the the audio of The Secret. Uh, the book and I was like listening I remember thinking I swear I was like but I do this already because it was talking about like oh yeah you know when you I can't remember, I've never even read the secrets I don't really know what it's about. I listened to that car journey but it was talking <laughs> basically about manifestation um and I was like oh but I already do this where like I would really think about stuff and you know, I'm Nigerian and I think we're kind of inherently, skept- not sceptical, superstitious. And you don't really say things unless they've already happened because it's almost like jinxing it. But I definitely would like really think about stuff and like envisage it. And that- and I felt that if I did that, it'd make stuff happen. So even writing this, I know I'd have been like a bit cautious of doing so because it'd have been like, oh, well, I'm-, I'm jinxing it now. But like, yeah, I think it really was manifestation. And I feel like it's just, I don't know, I just, it's weird reading it back because it's like, I know I didn't really have that much self-belief that it would happen because journalism is so weird having a sister that's a journalist, but also still not believing you can be a journalist when like the representation's right there. I look exactly like her, but it's just like, because she struggled so much and, you know, she struggled so much because obviously of the recession, but obviously as a young black woman um, that didn't go to private school, she was really kind of like, she just didn't think she'd be able to, like, do it. And so I didn't think I'd be able to do it. And even when she did do it, I was still like, "Mm, there's only, like, five black girls in journalism, so maybe she's taken, like, that fifth spot, (laughs) pretty much. So, yeah, like, I know that even when I was writing it, I was still very, like, unsure of if I'd be able to do it. So, yeah, I think that manifestation stuff, there's definitely something to it, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole list reminds me, 
like almost exactly of a similar list that um I wrote I think in like 2015 like I just drew it up actually and it's like pass my NCTJ with flying colours land a good journalism job hit 100 words per minute in uh, in like my shorthand like all this <laughs> all this stuff and it's so it is lovely looking back on it and like just like knowing that you've you've achieved those those like huge aims but I, I'm really interested in this idea of like manifestation affirmation Liv, Liv and I wrote some affirmations earlier this week didn't we Liv? Oh yeah we did my um girlfriend is doing is doing like breathing circles for us to try and relieve oh. stress um Man, she, the wholesomeness. <laughs> she's just, love just lovely but um she always reminds me as well because she's like you know you're someone who has very powerful tools of whatever manifestation but so therefore I've got to be really careful about what it is that I say and what I affirm that's going to happen so it's not even yeah the good things but also with the negative things because I can get really in my head and assume the worst and she's like don't put that out there because you already know that you have the powers to like make these things happen and I have to remind myself that actually it can go both ways which I never really thought about because she's 100% right because I'm just like with what you've built and so young like it, it, it's it's just crazy like I'm like the le- the level of just like manifestation that must go into that because when you're especially when you're young and like you know you don't I guess when you're older and like you're someone who's like grown up in the industry and you you're whatever you you kind of like you're having to like manifest that like a young black woman is capable of doing this because what young black woman can you look at and say I've already seen that happen if that makes sense I feel like black women we're so drawn to like affirmate like affirmations but also like manifestation because often that representation isn't physically there so you have to like create it I'm really lucky that like I had this amazing talented like sibling that like was doing all this amazing stuff but also as I said I was seeing her struggle a lot and I was seeing and it's hard to kind of like not look past that when it's right there in front of you so I feel like often we have to kind of like create these images and create like you know the visible future we want to see for ourselves because like it's not there and I feel like if you're like just this rich old white man it's like oh I wonder if I can build this business oh well here's another rich old white man that's done it or like my dad did it my mom did it my all my sons and cousins and whatever have all done it I feel like yeah like um that's so interesting about it going either way because I think yeah, like, it's true. Why would it just work for positive things? It definitely, you know, I, I've 100% sort of been like, this terrible thing is going to happen because that's just the narrative of my life. And like, watched it happen. And then quite literally felt like I've done that. Like caused it, yeah. Charlie's such a little pessimist. I've got to be, I've got to remind her that it's not going to, it's not going to all be bad all the time. I like to think I'm a, I'm a realist, but also <laughs> in, that, in that realist, there's a lot of there is a lot of optimism for sure. Like I feel like, like everything works out; it's all fine in the end. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, what I was going to ask is like obviously those were five very huge goals at the time, but have you had the space in the past, like you know, however many years, to reassess what the next step is for you and and where you want to be? like 10 years from now 20 years from now are you still making these lists basically <laughs> yeah yeah no I'm not and it's such a good question because like because you made it like, I met I bloody did and it's and it's crazy because I don't think if I hadn't stumbled across that list in like you know like this year I wouldn't have even thought about the fact that those are things I wanted and I was saying this to Elizabeth like it's crazy because when we were pulling together our journal like we were like okay you know we want to kind of do 
we want to kind of like allow people to think about like why it is they are doing what they're doing because I think currently not to just sound like such a flipping boomer that's like oh the Instagram generation but honestly like in this generation I think that we are we don't even know why we want half of the shit we want like because we just see things on Twitter and it's like or Instagram and it's like this person's done this thing. So we're like, oh, okay, so the logic follows that I should also do this thing. I'm not saying that it wasn't like that with other generations because it's why, like, you know, things... Like, obviously, with each generation, we get less traditional. But I think the parameters of success and what it looks like are really fixed on social media. And it means that people often follow things and want to do things and they don't really engage with themselves with whether it's even what they want. Like, even things like, you know people being like, I want, I want kids, I want a family, I want like this job, I want this promotion. I'm like, that's all well and good, but why? And I think when you drill into the why, often they don't actually know. Not like, It's not even because, oh, it, make, it would make me happy because it's something I've always wanted to do. Like you see a lot at university where it's like, when I was at uni, loads of like, the, the, the seven like black kids that there were, like loads of us kind of were like, we really want a job in the city. And, you know, I remember like applying, like literally for this Barclays like position and, and I, was, I remember being on the phone during the interview and just halfway through being like, why am I doing this again? Because ACS was like, you know, being a, a bank person is good. Like, like, I couldn't engage with why I'd done it. And I think when we were pulling together the journal, I was like, I, I was we were pulling together these questions. And I remember thinking, when was the last time I even engaged with this and asked myself, like, why I am like applying for a particular thing or doing a particular thing. We just were so content to just go with the motions and be pushed by the wind and pushed by Instagram and and just be like, well, that person did that. Therefore, that's what success looks like and happiness looks like. So I think I am more, I don't do lists. I I really should though, because it's good to put things in writing. But I do truly feel like more than ever, I am genuinely trying to question myself in terms of like, what I want because because I think compared to a lot of people I'm I'm really not hard on myself I I'm like I'm not I look at myself and I'm like oh I'm only 28 I'm like if I sit down and do nothing for the next two years I'd still be quite happy like I feel like oh I'm doing all right do you know what I mean I'm, I'm not like on that rat race tip but like I think because I'm not like that it often means that like I can just go with the flow and I don't really know what I want or why like yeah I'm trying but I am trying to engage with the why I want more than even the one yeah for sure I would I should start making some lists because honestly like I remember at one period I was really like I really want to be the editor of like a really cool like mainstream publication and now I'm just like mm, because like you know the pre-existing like white dominated like L's and the glamours and the cosmos and stuff like at one point that for some reason I was just like that's something I really want and and I know why I wanted it then and now there's like this whole wave of like incredible publications like literally Galdem, like Black Ballad. And then there's these pre-existing publications, many of which have actually been taken over by people that have made amazing changes, like Edward Edenford Vogue and like Vanessa Kingori. So I'm like, well, people are doing that now. Is that something that I actually, like in terms of taking over those spaces, is that something I want to do now? And I'm like, maybe maybe it's not for me. Maybe someone else is doing it, doing it better. So I'm trying to like think about the why a bit more. Yeah, I think it's so important. It's something that I'm always interrogating. I think I'm quite similar to you in that I don't, despite having lists, etc., I don't regard myself as, like, being, like, particularly, like, goal-oriented. Like, as in I'm not, like... uh, I won't, like, hate on myself if I don't achieve X thing. thing. But, like, I'm always thinking about, like, is my journalism doing good in the world? And that's the why for me. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Yeah. We don't, I don't think people interrogate it enough. I think like, you know, it's, it's and it's so interesting because even when I had that list and it's like I had a publication and stuff and it's like, I, I know what my, what why I did it. I, I did it, yeah, because I wanted to make a difference to the discourse, but also because like I was crying for, um, <laughs> A flipping work experience and not getting it and honestly being black is like well I might as well just make my own then because honestly I was like <laughs> you know what I mean yeah I, yeah literally that's like just such a classic story right? experience existence you don't see the show on telly or like let me try and write a script and get this thing done you don't read it you're like let's make a magazine you're like yeah literally whatever it is you know or that, that there's no book that represents this experience like all right I'm gonna have to go and bloody well write it yeah right and I think like with certain, what, what I learned is that like in the process of me like when when I was doing it is that when I did get work experience I was like oh okay I'm doing the work experience and then I got like I started like actually working as a journalist and I remember thinking like oh would I ever start it again and I remember thinking like again like I think literally Galdem like at this point was probably like 
in its infancy, but definitely existed. And you, sometimes you watch people do stuff and you go, that person is literally born to do this thing. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that's their thing. They're doing it perfectly. And I was doing my thing and I was doing, yes, yeah, not bad. But like, you see when you're supposed to do something. And I feel like I learned very quickly, like, okay, I don't think that's something that I'm cut out for in the same way. So then I was like, maybe I'll take over like an old busty like white publication and even now I'm kind of like I don't even think I'm that's for me I think honestly do you but Yomi do you even have time this is this is what I'm, <laughs> I'm like I think I'm honestly being freelance and especially because of like how my life set up and like I don't know like what matters to me like in terms of like I'm very like yeah I guess like I'm quite family orientated and I really need to flexibility because like you know I've got like quite a complex or being frank like home situation at times so it requires a level of flexibility that means I can't put myself all into stuff and I've really learned that like um you know over the years um but yeah in terms of the time I I don't even feel like I have the time to do the stuff that I'm doing right like now (laughs) so I'm literally like yeah it's, it's, it's just it's been a real learning like curve generally just thinking about like what what I want to do because honestly at this point I still don't really know still all unfolding but you're yeah but and and you're doing it and you're doing it that's the thing oh yeah you're doing you know because sometimes you can feel like oh you know by the time I'm 30 I have to have a house and a kid and I'm so guilty of all these things and yet here I am in like a same whatever sex relationship and none of these things are simple or just happen or like you know life and you know recession and all of these things but it can it can feel like you must have yeah literally it can feel like you must have or I gotta write a book or I gotta do this I gotta do all these things and I think it is nice oftentimes to just not to like go into it blind but just to let things happen slightly more organically exactly and this is the thing like I think like when Charlie was saying she doesn't really like beat herself up for like not reaching certain things at certain times like yeah I feel like it's it's so fascinating to me that like you know of course you know it because it's the culture that we kind of live in and stuff but I'm like you guys are like younger than me I I think you guys are both 26 right to me it's so insane that obviously it's only two years but to me I'm like oh my god like that is I'm literally like teenage in my brain which doesn't make any sense because I'm only two years older than you guys but I'm like oh my god you could press pause on your lives for like eight years and you'd still be doing like really fucking well do you know what I mean that's how I see it and I feel like even with myself like I I really do try to like think that like by whose standards though am I like trying to rush to hit this like 30 is such a mad one at all because I've still got my two years I'm still cling it I'm I'm not I'm not turning 29 this year because I'm like, I'm going to turn 28 again. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not counting this waste of year, but it's it's so interesting. That it's like, obviously to anyone's standards, like you guys do incredible things for your age and stuff. And like, and just for any, like you could be 50 and still be absolutely sick. And that's the kind of lens I'm trying to see my life through. But it's interesting that I've always been like that. And then 30 came and I'm 30. I'm supposed to be 30 next year. And it's like, suddenly I'm like, shit, like, oh my God, do I have to, I've got to scrape to make the 30 under 30. Otherwise, what's it all been for? And I'm like, why does it matter? I don't know, yeah. but suddenly it does. Oh, the pressure. It's a lot. I was going to ask you, like, whether or not you'd have had any advice to give your younger self in relation to that extract you better. So like, you know, I imagine that, reaching some of the milestones that you set out was hard and like what do you wish you know you could have known maybe honestly probably just that like 
I was doing the right thing. I just, honestly, I just wish I had more confidence in it. And I just wish I was more, yeah, I like just believed myself more. Because, like, I won't say I'm always right, but, like, <laughs> my, my odds are pretty, they are pretty good in terms of just, no, like, you know, whether it's for better or worse. Like, I know that, like, I tend to call things. And it's like, in my gut, I really did, there was, like, loads of doubt. But then underneath that doubt, there was, like, a belief in myself and then underneath that there was more doubt and then really at the core of it I was like yeah I'll probably be fine but I didn't lead into that enough which meant meant that like you know I mean yeah it just meant that I was often really kind of like it just felt really like fruitless and pointless and I just would be like oh my god why am I even bothering the other day like I was I somehow I think to motivate somebody else I like went and found like all my like ever like rejections quite literally like in the hundreds and I was just like oh my god I was some sort of weird fever dream. I don't even remember this. How the hell did I still bother pitching, like, post <laughs> all these no's? Like, how did I bother still applying to shit? I don't I don't even remember. I don't even know. But, like, yeah, I just think young me, it's just all... I miss... I honestly look, think about my old self sometimes. I'm like, man, I miss, I miss that bitch. Like, she was really gutsy despite, like, all her insecurities and stuff. Like, I think I... Even a lot of me... My, I feel like young me could teach me stuff now because I'm like I assume I had insecurities when I was growing up but honestly speaking like I just remember being obviously still kind of unsure of myself like everyone is when they're growing up but also really just had this like weird other otherworldly belief and I think sorry to ramble but like I really do think part of that is because like I don't think I thought about odds a lot growing up and I think it's important we engage with these conversations they're crucial to that that we that we know like what our positionality and stuff and it's why we literally wrote saying your lane but it's so interesting I was talking I was talking to my friend about like misogynoir and desirability the other day I was like it was so like she was kind of saying that she always grew up with this notion of like she was very aware of does he like black girls and you know could I you know she was aware that that played into how she was seen and, and her potential prospects for dating and stuff and I was like wow like as a like dark-skinned black girl I, I didn't even I genuinely don't even think it crossed my I was just like oh I fancy this person they'll probably fancy me too it's fine like I just, just didn't cross my mind at all like it just and in life I was like oh I'm pretty smart so I should get this job it's like if I'd have actually realized like statistics and like my surname how that played into like CVs and stuff I think I'd have been very different but I think yeah, like I was just super confident. I think that's so important though. I think that's so important in terms of yeah, because obviously once you get once you get older, the imposter syndrome kicks kicks in and all of these thoughts and feelings and like I guess like fears around failure. And I and I do similarly look back on how Liv was when she was 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and the the amount of like, yeah, you know, you apply for everything, you apply for hundreds of things and maybe you get one, you send out like hundreds of pitches and maybe you get none. And it's so important, I think that I mean, yeah, it's like this kind of like, not youthful ignorance, but maybe it was, maybe it was um, some unwavering, maybe, or, or some weird unwavering determination. And, um, you know, maybe deep down, we knew that that was what we had to do. But I think it's so bloody important that we're not scared of like, some one person or even 100 people telling us that we can't because we can. Yeah. It was one of the most valuable lessons I learned very early on in journalism, which w- is to not be afraid of failure or um, and, and to try and get more comfortable with criticism. Because, like, you'll know this as well, Yomi, like, the amount of, like, yeah, rejected pitches, the amount of edits on articles that I thought were great. 
The draggings, child. The draggings. Yeah. <laughs> the draggings. Wow. <laughs> um, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. You you get you really get um what's the word like accustomed to it though, and I never thought I'd get. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I never thought I'd get accustomed to feedback and criticism because, like, I really was that girl at school that was like, "Oh, I'm re- I'm good at um in English anyway, and everything else." I was like super, super dumb. But like when it came to English, I was like, "I can write great." So then, obviously, when I first like getting like rejections, let alone like critique, like critiques, I was like, "What?" You develop a thick skin, yeah, and you you also realize that a lot of it is subjective. Like one editor will love something, another editor won't like your style. Absolutely, it helps you write better for sure. I'm, I'm literally now. I'm like, please rip this to filth. Like, drag me. Tell me what's wrong with this. Not on Twitter, please. But actual editors, like people who whose job this actually is, like, really do please drag me because I do want to like improve. Otherwise, mm. what's the point? That's why I like when Charlie reads my stuff. Like Travis was saying this the other day because you edited their piece for us um, about Colston, and they were like, you know, I, when I took it to Charlie. It, it was a, like after I'd taken it to Charlie, it was a completely different piece. Like she'd helped me transform it. And I think, yeah, it's good. It's good. I know that Charlie will mark up everything and it's, and it's okay. <laughs> Yomi, what do you think your younger self would think of where you are now? Oh, oh my God, guys. I know I must just sound like a raging ego, but I just know she would just love her. My God. Like she would love her. <laughs> so proud. She would be I'm amazed that she doesn't have hair. Like, she'd be like, because I never <laughs> thought I'd cut my hair. Because I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, because my hair, like, oh, my God. It's just a, a whole podcast in itself, that whole relationship. But, like, by the time I started to, like, actually like it and, like, you know, got it to, like, a length I was happy with and all this kind of stuff, I was, like, in college. And I thought, right, I'm I'm never even going to trim this shit, let alone, like, cut it off. And it's just, it's just, I think she'd be so, she'd be so, like, I don't know, like, she'd be so surprised by things I've done. I think she'd be really proud. I don't know. It's like I have a really strange relationship with my younger self in the fact that I quite literally do see her as a separate person. And that's why I was like, oh, this is cute. Because I literally see it as like, oh, like, look at little me trying. (laughs) And, like, now I think that, honestly, I, I get so happy thinking of how proud she'd be, but also just kind of how surprised she'd be. Because, um... It's just, there's so many things about me that have changed. And I always kind of thought, as I said, that, like, I knew it all. So things like, yeah, cutting my hair off. But then even things like, I don't know, like, my attitudes towards certain stuff and, like, how I've just kind of grown with certain things. I think she'd just be, like, very pleasantly surprised and, like, be like, and you still look exactly the same. Yes, the skin is <laughs> working. <laughs> so, yeah, I think honestly it'd be... She'd probably be happy, but also kind of like, hmm, you know, that that therapy that we that we got and we found out was really good for you. She'd probably like wheel back to that because I've definitely let that slip. My first ever like bout of depression, and I remember being gobsmacked. I was like, how the hell am I depressed? Because I'm like just the my disposition generally is like very upbeat and sunny. So I was just like, and I'd never experienced anything. Like I'd never. I think I probably had one of the most sheltered not even just childhoods, teenagehoods, up to, like, the age of 20, up to 2014 when, like, something very, like, life-changing and, like, you know, like, difficult happened in my family. Um, So before that, I had, like, one sort of, yeah, I'd say, like, depressive episode, time, whatever. Um, But I remember that time wasn't really sparked by anything in particular. I just was at university and 
guess, and now looking back, I can kind of see why, like, you know, loads of pressures away from home, lots of work, lots of like weird dynamics. You've got like, obviously an all white union and you've got this horrible ACS. <laughs> Flipping hated my ACS so much. But yeah, like, I think that time I didn't really, I thought depression was linked to things, like something had to happen and then you got depressed and I was really confused and just didn't get why why it was happening. So I think, um, yeah, like it was a big thing for me and like that it was around that time that like I got my first ever like therapy and it was like a person who like um it was like a person who from the university and uh, I remember him speaking about like the differences in like African culture and Caribbean culture in terms of like mental health and he was white but I remember being like so like amazed that that was something that was even taken into account and it really was like like the beginning of my like therapy journey that I have since fell off of but like yeah she I think that would be her one gripe that she'd be like yeah Go back to therapy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a solid, a solid, solid piece of advice. Something we could all do with doing. <laughs> Liv keeps on being like, I'm going to find you a therapist. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need to do that. My therapist is, like, really good. She's, like, really no-nonsense, though, as well. And, like, if I'm being a baby and, like, don't want to deal with stuff, she, like, properly calls me out on it. And I'm like, oh, my God, Donna, leave me alone. But, but she's great. No, she's really great. Quick fire round. Let me ask you a series of lockdown related quick fire questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> are you ready? In the game, yes. Okay, cool. All right. We should, you, you know, we should turn this bit into more of a game show, you know? Like, they have to. <laughs> okay. You get a but prize. Moving, moving on. <laughs> From um, this point on, we will. <laughs> okay, so what shows are you binging at the moment? Oh, at the moment, Rick and Morty and Drag Race. That's it, really, actually. I'm trying to stop the woods as well, but my little sister's not... She's not enjoying it. <laughs> she's she's stifling me in that department, but that's it. What food item are you missing the most during lockdown? Well, lockdown's easing, but... There's this particular restaurant called Hare and Tortoise, which is just the best ever chicken fried rice without peas, I ask every single time. But yeah... That I literally peas. specifically miss that exact hate peas, hate any kind of vegetable to be hate honest. <laughs> like an actual child, which is so bad. But um, and yet my mum still, like to this day, will make jollof rice with all the trimmings, all the like she puts all this like shit in it, and every time I have to just pluck it out, like every single time. But anyway, yeah, I guess I'm missing hair and tortoise specifically. Nice. And finally, what is your lockdown anthem? What's the song you've been playing? It's like Three songs in one. One's called I Made It, one's called Mirror Song, and one's called Losing is the New Willing. And it's from RuPaul's Drag Race Live, but they performed it, like, in one of the last episodes. And I just really like it. It's great to skip to, great to hula hoop to. Any RuPaul song, basically, is really um, good to exercise to. Very motivating. I hear that. Thank you, girl. Thanks, guys. That was fun. I always love speaking to Yummy and, like, yeah, as with a lot of our guests, like, there's a whole lot I can relate to with her experiences. But, like, hers, hers felt, felt particularly kind of relatable because, yeah, I literally had a list that was pretty much exactly the same as that. You know, I want a 2-1, I want to get a good journalism job, da-da-da-da-da, like, I want to start my own publication. Like, it was all, all very, very relatable. I think what she was saying about, the word for it, about manifestation was, like, the, the kind of, the broader theme, wasn't it? Like, you know speaking things into existence like it can for someone like me who's obviously a bit of a skeptic and not necessarily spiritual etc I could be very like negative about it but actually like I do I do think I do think it's helpful I do think it's good to talk about the things that you want to achieve and the things you want to do um 
and like affirm yourself as as we said that we'd been doing this week because sometimes you need to be good to yourself um, and part of that can be through like yeah through noting down what it is that you want to achieve and speaking it into existence so absolutely 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 I think that really helped both of us earlier in the week having that space and time to just reaffirm that you know whatever it is that you need to reaffirm to be honest whether that's that you're capable or you're you know kind or whatever those things look like I think it's so important that we have that time and that space to show ourselves a kindness you know especially you lady and you lady especially (laughs) with the pessimism um nah you know so yeah anyway that was a joy um and and yeah we hope that you have enjoyed listening to I don't know what episode that will be, maybe the seventh one or something that we've done in lockdown and that the quality is getting marginally better. Um, And if you do want to support Galdem in other ways, you can become a member by heading over to galdem.com forward slash memberships or going straight to Steady HQ and you get lots of lovely stuff and you also hopefully help us weather this COVID-19 storm. So thank you. Thank you all. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. It really helps the show. And if you'd like to find out more about Galdem, you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.